Welcome to Censored Sunday with your host, Sheree Shai Holmes, and I am the business doula. And what I love to do is help women learn how to monetize their expertise, create their power signature coaching program, and learn how to land high ticket clients on repeat. And I help you do that without a website, without tech overwhelm, and without the burnout. So let's get into it today. I want to talk about the top four revenue producing activities as coaches. And the reason why I want to do this is because I realized that after training so many coaches, one of the reasons that I see them not making money in their business is primarily because they aren't doing these revenue producing activities. They're focused more on trying to do some sort of uh video or post or motivational, inspirational type stuff or things that really don't push the needle in terms of bringing in income into their business. So I'm I'm thinking the reason why they do those things is because they don't know what they should be working on, which is what I'm going to share with you today. So four revenue producing activities that you should be working on as a coach on a consistent basis. Number one, scheduling events. Now, when I say schedule events, this could be you going live on Facebook. This could be you going live on Instagram. This could be you on Clubhouse or Twitter or LinkedIn or wherever you can go live and host rooms or sessions in which you can be in front of people, okay? And and also, let's not forget the in-person events, okay? So scheduling events, whether they're in in person or virtual, allows you to get in front of people and share your message, share your story and how you can help people. Okay, this has literally been the quickest way, especially when you're starting out as a new emerging coach entrepreneur. This literally is the quickest way to take someone from a new lead to a new new client. Honestly, I've been able to host rooms um, and go live and share information or a message or something that I'm offering. And people have been like, hey, let me book a call with you. Okay, so I know sometimes, especially when you're just getting started, we might say, you know, post a video, post a reel, post something and say, hey, guys, you know, hop into my DMs. If you have any questions, you can book a call. And it takes a while for anyone to book a call. But when someone can listen to you live, they can feel your energy. They can feel your excitement. They can listen to the tone of voice, your inflection, your gestures. If it's in person, they can start to see themselves as possibly working with you. You're building the like, know, and trust factor to showcase who you are, your message, and your overall personality, right? So this, number one, you got to schedule events, all right? So schedule events daily if you want revenue coming in daily. So if you want your business to work, you got to get on the phone with people. And I mean, by get on the phone, that's either you're doing Zoom calls, discovery calls, or you're in some capacity in when you are talking to clients one-on-one. And the number one way to do that is to host these events. And then at the event, you invite people to book a call with you, okay? This is not an email. This is booking a call with me, either talking on the phone with no no video or with video. 
you will convert higher if you turn your video on. So whether you're doing um, Zoom or you're doing Google Hangout or some other form of video that works for you, you turn that video on, it'll definitely help build the like, know, and trust factor for clients. So going live, hosting virtual or in-person events is the number one way for you to start turning people from new leads to new clients, okay? It's happened to me so many times. I've been able to convert people from hearing me just one time to signing up and being a client three, four days later without much convincing. Whereas I will say this, Instagram definitely, I would say, is my number two generator for bringing in clients. But usually those clients take sometimes a couple weeks or maybe even a couple months before they convert to actually wanting to work with me. So live events and virtual events are probably the number one way for you to get clients into your booking system ASAP. Okay, number two, and this is a huge big one, and I think a lot of coaches take for granted because they feel like they have no control or no power over who they can work with and when they can work with them. So they kind of just leave this open. Number two is set a monthly client goal. So at the beginning of each month, and I would even say drill down to each week, look at the number of clients and discovery calls you have scheduled. And what I want you to do is figure out your sign-up success rate. So look at the past couple months, look at, you know, what have you been doing weekly? If there was like an upswing or downswing during the seasons, you know, from fall to winter to spring to summer, did you see any changes? Just kind of like analyze that. And then what I want you to do is figure out your success rate. So your the formula for that is the total number of people who signed up for calls with you. I'm sorry, the total number of people who signed up for your program divided by the total number of calls you've taken. That's your success rate, okay? So let's do some um, quick maths <laughs> to make this an easy and simplified version. So let's say... Um, you had one person sign up and you did four calls in the week, right? That's a 25% sex success rate. Okay. So now we know that your success rate is 25%. And then what I want you to do is to back into how many calls you need to have each month in order to reach your monthly client goal. So we're going to look at your revenue goal, which you should have already had. And let's say your revenue goal is $5,000 and your program is $1,000. So you would need five signups to meet your goal. So if we need five signups, what I'm going to do is take the number five and I'm going to divide it by my 25% success rate to determine how many calls I need to book per month to reach my $5,000 revenue goal. That turns into 20 phone calls per month in order for me to get five calls per week. So I'm going to say it one more time. My revenue goal was $5,000. My program is $1,000. So I need five signups at $1,000 a piece to make $5,000 for, for my revenue goal for the month. So in order to do that, I'm going to take my success rate, my success signup rate, the 25% that I just understood that I, I do. One in four calls turns into a sign up. So I need five people to sign up. So I'm going to do five. I'm going to divide that by 25%. And that tells me that I need to 
book at least 20 phone calls to get five total calls that will sign up for the month. Okay. So I hope you guys get this. This is like a big, huge game changer here. And if you know that, then you can start looking at on a weekly basis. Well, how many live events you see how this rolls into the next. So, you know, if I do a live event, I usually typically get two to three people signing up on my calendar. Well, if I need at least four calls before I can sign up one, maybe I can do two live events per week. That'll help me meet my call quota for the week. And then I can probably sign up one person out of that. Do you see how much more easier and manageable it becomes? And we no longer are on this roller coaster trying to figure out if I'm going to make it. Should I quit my job or should I not? It's all in the maths. It's all in the maths, sis. Okay. And then number three, I want you to focus on your email marketing. Now, I know because it's not as high touch as being live or in person, sometimes we can disregard the power of email marketing. But let me say this, the objective of our business is actually to host events and connect with people, right? So that's why it led with we got to schedule events. But when you connect, you should offer them some sort of freebie or a checklist or something in exchange for their email address. So let's just say they didn't sign up, they didn't take us up. So what one of the things I like to offer when I go live or if I host a room, I'll say, hey, I created this fabulous uh, abundance and gratitude meditation for business owners. It's a five-minute business meditation that I've gotten rave reviews, which I, I really have gotten rave reviews on. And if you'd like a copy of the meditation, you know, just hop in my DM and send me the word meditation and I'll send you the link to sign up. So even if they don't book a call with me, they still have the opportunity to get on my email list. This is how you build your email list. You got to have that freebie, something that you can give them that's that's worthwhile for them to give you your email list. If it's if, give you their email address. If it's not worthwhile, trust me, they're not even going to think about giving it to you. And so for me, it's also that my success rate on that is about 25%. So 25% of the people who follow me on Instagram end up taking me up on my offer on whatever the freebie, my freebie changes. But right now it's the business meditation, the gratitude and abundance business meditation. But 25% of everyone that follows me on Instagram, I'm actually able to convert them off the platform into my email address. And this is key. Because there's so many changes going on in social media right now, whether it is, you know, the algorithm doing its own thing or them pushing more go video, go video, go viral type content. Or the idea that we're all about to be living in a completely different metaverse. (laughs) You still need none of those things we own, right? That's all uh, metas, digital real estate that's, you know, Clubhouse's digital real estate, that's Twitter's digital real estate. And that honestly does not belong to us. So in order for us to be able to own, quote unquote, a piece of the pie, or at least uh, be able to talk to our followers outside of the platform, we've got to create this freebie so that we can start talking to people and have to, you know, be easier for us to exclude all the additional noise because we've all been there where you thought you posted some great piece of content or one thing that I notice a lot with reels, your reel could actually do extremely well. And let's just say, um, you know, it, it hits 5,000, 10,000, you know, 20,000 views or whatever. 
most of the time, like only 10% of your audience is actually seeing that reel. They're pushing it out to people who don't even follow you, which is a great way to build exposure. But what about the people that like already like me? You know, I want them to see my content too, but this is a great way for you to be able to connect with them outside of social media. I would also add to this text message marketing because even through email, a lot of times we get pushed into the promotions tab. We get pushed into the spam box. We get pushed into all these other areas. So maybe only about 20%, 10% of the people on your email list actually will receive it in their primary inbox. And of that, maybe only another 10% will actually open the email to read it. So the numbers start dropping. But studies have shown that people usually open 90%, I believe, 80 to 90% of people usually open their text messages within the first five minutes of receiving it. So if you have the ability to transition into text message marketing, because you completely cut out the algorithm, you cut out being shifted into somebody's promotion tab, junk tab, or spam tab, and you are having a direct communication conversation with your ideal client or customer. Does it cost a little bit more? Yes, it does. But does it mean you might have a higher rate of opening or does it mean that you might have better communication with your clients who who potential clients who then convert into actual clients? Yes, then it's worth it, right? If you think like, okay, it only costs me $20 a month, but my program is $1,000, the return on, on investment in that is insane. So it totally would be worth it once you start seeing that income come in. So at a minimum, though, you want to make sure that you're sending out at least one email per week that's focused on education-based marketing, okay? Again, one email per week that's focused on education-based marketing. That education-based marketing is some sort of training video, a podcast episode, a blog post, something that drives traffic from your email to other platforms like your your website. If you host like a blog post or your training videos on there or to your your podcast platform, something where you are circulating them through education-based marketing because they may like you and they may feel like they know you, but they haven't fully built the trust yet, right? So you can display your knowledge, your expertise that goes beyond the initial interaction that you had with them that begins to cultivate the trust where they might want to sign up with you in the future. And another thing that I think a lot of people take take for granted when it comes to email marketing is that many do not analyze their data. So even on the email marketing perspective, analyze your data, see who's opening your emails and who's actually clicking the links. That's insight for you that you should be following up with those people. Even if it's just a simple back and forth um, email and saying, hey, you know, I saw you looking or I know you're interested. Maybe not, I saw you looking. That sounds a, a bit creepy, but I saw that you were interested or hey, Sharice, you know, how's things going? Um, this program's launching very soon and I would love to have you on board. You know, where are, do you have any hesitation? Like reach, you can start to reach out and create, create curated, personalized emails for those that are showing additional interest in your programs by analyzing the data once you send the email and see who's opening it. All right, let's move on to number four, which is the last one. And this is another one that a lot of people fail to do. 
They don't think that it's worth it or, or maybe they don't even know to do it. But number four is to follow up with your leads. Existing clients are going to be your hottest leads. And then clients who may have been on your list for a while, okay? So maybe you have a client that you worked with in the past. They know you offered a new program. They said, you know, I'm really busy or I'm overwhelmed right now or I got this or I got that, but I am interested. If they tell you they're interested, you can say, hey, do you mind if I keep you on a list so I can circle back with you in a month or two and see if you'd like to move forward? And if they say yes, good. Even if they, even if you don't actually formally ask, you should have some running list of clients that are interested in future um, opportunities to work with you. So, you know, like, okay, she said that, you know, her kids are starting school right now, but around about October, things should cool down and she'd be interested. I'll circle back with her in October. Okay. Reach out to them and don't feel like you're being salesy or pushy because again, we're leading with the servant heart. We're leading with the servant attitude. They have your your potential client has pain points that they need to have fixed, honestly, and you are there to help them make that transition. So you're not being salesy. You're not being pushy. You can just check in and say, hey, Sharice, you know, I know we spoke a couple months back and you said that you weren't ready for the program. I'm offering opening op- I'm opening up the next round in just a couple of days. And I would love to have you in this session. This would now be a good time for you. Right. Or if you want to just get them on a call, you can also get them on a call and say, if you have any other questions, I'd love to chat with you more about the program so that you can kind of like lay their fears aside and they know that they're going to be fully supported working with you. The point of following up with your leads, honestly, is to help you lock in more discovery calls. That takes us back to number two, where we're setting up our monthly client call goal. So this is another way scheduling events, right? Following up with leads that can help you go back to number two and and hit your monthly call goal. This is going to be a game changer with you if you practice following up, like have a full spreadsheet. Don't take this lightly because you could be leaving out opportunities to transform someone's life because you didn't think it was worth it. And I don't care if you're like, well, I don't have that many people. That's fine. When you practice these small habits, when the volume begins to increase and the demand increase, you have the system and the structure in place so you don't feel overwhelmed, frustrated, and feel like you want to give up. Ask me, I know. Okay. So put the system in place. I do have a spreadsheet that I like to work on. Also, most people only follow up one time and then they're like, oh, okay, that's it. I actually was reading a sales book that said, that most salesmen lock in majority of their sales after the fourth contact, the fourth contact. So it's okay for you to check in more than one time. So she says, oh, I have to wait, whatever. Okay, wait a couple months. You can even be still in the meantime, just reaching out, chatting, just checking in and not really asking for anything. And then just when it's time to let them know you're opening up something else, open, you know, let them know, hey, this is opening up now. Are you interested? There was this salesman, phenomenal car salesman. And what he used to do is ask for the birth dates of those who purchased cars from him. And so every year on their birthday, he would send them a birthday card. He would send them a Christmas card, right? And he'd send a Thanksgiving card. 
And this man, no matter if there was the recession, they said, or any sort of economic downturn, this salesman, because he took the time to check in with people throughout, no matter if they just bought a car from, from him, that he remained top of mind. So that when it was time for him, for them to go buy another car, or if they had a friend or if they had a cousin or a sister or a brother or somebody that was looking for a car, he remained top of mind because he was always reaching out to his clients and communicating with them beyond just the sale. So think about that. What are some ways that you can reach out to past clients and follow up with them so that it's not just be, you know, super sales focused, but that you're checking in with them to see how they're doing. So these revenue generating activities are what we call marketing activities. And then the following up with the leads goes from goes to like, let me explain this better to the marketing activities. So revenue generating activities are marketing activities. And then we follow up after that. Okay, does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Revenue generating activities are actually marketing activities. And then we follow up with the leads. So block off time every day, even if you're you're part-time kind of working on the coaching business, block off time every day and focus to do one hour or so of revenue generating activities, okay? So block off time every day, even if you're just part-time, and you can only do one hour, but do something daily where you can focus on the revenue generating activities. This is so important. It doesn't matter where you are in the coaching stage, you know, whether you're just getting started or if you've been in the game a year or two, this will ha- always keep your calendar full. If you don't do that, you're going to see that it's practically impossible for you to get paid and take the leap from your part-time hobby to a full-time career. I'm just going to tell you that. So don't get focused on the tech. Don't get bogged down with how to, but stay on the path with revenue generating activities. That's what's truly going to bring the money into your business. Now, I'd love to hear if you guys have some other ways in which you kind of like keep focused, but I would love for you guys to try some of these out and let me know, how do you reach your your monthly income goals as a new coach? All right, that is our podcast for the week. Yay. I'm going to close out with our affirmations. I am worthy of every dollar I command and then some. I am fulfilled, complete, and sufficient. My process is my preparation, and I am enjoying the journey. All right, my beautiful sisters, that's all I have for you this week. Have an amazing week.